Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me as we kick off a brand new week in Biden's America. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please follow me on social media, on Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore, and on Twitter and Truth Social at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email about me, about the show, about the stuff we're covering, about what is on your mind. Shoot me an email to Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. I read all of your emails. They keep coming in and I'm so grateful and we're going to read some at the end of the show. So keep them coming. All right. Today, I want to break apart a very specific piece of propaganda press um, that really caught my eye and deserves a real uh, excavation, if you will. Okay. And I don't do this a lot, but this particular piece from NBC was very revealing because it actually told the truth about the disaster that Biden and the Democrat communists are facing as we head into November. But I'm going to take it on from a a completely different angle, which you're not going to get anywhere else. Okay. We're also today going to talk to Kash Patel, who helped to break apart the Russia hoax wide open back in 2017. And he and Devin Nunes, his boss, who was the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee at the time, they got reamed for this. Remember, conspiracy theorists, and this is not true, and they're spreading fake news and misinformation. Turns out they were 100% correct. Of course, they had the facts on their side because, of course, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton uh, hatched this and executed this plan to frame Donald Trump cripple his candidacy, and then cripple his presidency. Kash Patel was at the leading edge of this investigation, and he has done remarkable work in the last five years or so, excavating this whole uh, hoax, this whole lie against Donald Trump that didn't just undermine Trump, but really tore apart the country. So we're going to talk to him about the Durham investigation where it stands now, where it's going, and if we will ever get the truth and accountability from any of these criminals, Obama, Biden, Hillary, on down. Plus, as I said, your email sets all straight ahead. But first, the Monica memo, and I do want to get into the press here. I do. But before I do, uh, I want to share my review of Top Gun Maverick because I think it's really important to have this discussion This movie has now brought in, I think, over $160 million just from the last uh, two weekends, Memorial Day and then this past weekend. And I really want to have this 
this discussion about it because it's not really just a movie. I know a lot of people say, well, it's just a movie. What are you talking about? It is, first of all, it is fantastic entertainment. It's just an amazing, breathtaking movie. So on its own, it's, it's an extraordinary entertainment. So you go and you see it and you can get the popcorn and hang out and have a fantastic time. So that is all true. But there's something bigger going on here than just a popcorn movie for Memorial Day and for the summer. There's something bigger happening here, which is why this movie is such a success. To me, the secret of Top Gun Maverick's huge success is that even though it is set in today's world, it's set in 2022, it catapults you back to the mid-1980s. When the original movie Top Gun came out, it was 1986. So this movie takes you back to that period of time, the mid-1980s. And with that, all of the surrounding politics and culture and, and economics of that period of time, even if it's a very subliminal signaling, that's what this movie does. It brings you back in your own mind, even if you weren't born then, but certainly if you experience that period of time. It takes you back to the mid-1980s when we had a real president, Ronald Reagan, who was incredibly strong and delivered a booming economy and greater world's peace. If you did not live through the Reagan era, uh, the Trump era is pretty reminiscent of that. A strong president who delivered a booming economy and greater world peace. So it takes you back to when we had a real president, strong American presidential leadership. And the movie also takes you back to a period of time when men were men. Before all of this corrosive talk about toxic masculinity and the whole transgender agenda, all of that conversation is relatively recent. You know, in the last couple of years, all of this stuff has kicked up and men have been embarrassed to be men. And the gender fluidity issue and, and all of this stuff, right? Well, Top Gun Maverick actually takes you back to when men were proud to be men. And they took care of women. And they flew fighter jets with pride. And they weren't afraid to, to be guys, drinking beer, hanging out. Strength. There is real strength in masculinity. And we've kind of lost sight of that in all of this leftist conversation about gender fluidity and transgenderism and all of this stuff that's coming from the left um, as a political agenda. We've lost sight of, hey, there was a time when men were real men. And man, don't we miss it. And of course, this movie takes you back to a period of time when there was unabashed pride in America. I mean, Tom Cruise is there. First of all, can we talk about Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise is almost 60 years old. He looks incredible. And I know Tom Cruise has all this stuff in his background with Scientology and all of that. That conversation is for his private life. I'm talking about Tom Cruise, the actor, and the character, Maverick, that he brought to life all those years ago and has brought back to life and is just as fierce and manly and masculine and powerful and still human as he was in 1986 when the original movie came out. This character is flawed like we're all flawed, and yet he steps up to the moment in a way that is in service of the United States of America. Guys, I'm not overstating this when I tell you that this movie represents something really, really huge in the country. And that's why it is so successful. All of this woke crap that keeps coming at us from Hollywood I mean, my God, I, we're, we're seeing all kinds of stuff. I don't know if you saw over the weekend, it was all over social media, video of children, and I'm talking like 
five, six, seven, eight-year-olds being brought to a drag club where drag queens performed for them. This is in Dallas, okay, Texas of all places. And these kids were putting cash into the G-strings of the drag queens. That was this weekend. This is pure evil. Total child abuse, insane. This is where where our country is at the moment. This is why we're all sick and we're all frustrated and angry and fighting back. This is why I started this podcast, because we cannot go on like this. The Top Gun Maverick movie is about guys hanging out in a bar, having fun, flirting with women, real men flirting with real women, real women flirting back to the real men. And they're out on the beach and they're tossing the football around and the guys are shirtless and all oiled up. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) okay, yeah, that's what I want to see in my summer entertainment. And the unabashed Americanism in this movie, it's extraordinary. One of the first shots you see is Tom Cruise uh, in modern day, and he puts on the famous leather jacket. And in the back, you got the American flag. You got the Taiwan flag, which, you know, the CCP went crazy. Well, we're not going to release the movie if you got that. And you know what? Good for the movie studio. I think it's Paramount. I could be wrong about that. But good for the studio for standing up and giving the giant middle finger to the CCP and China. This is an American movie. It is about American top guns, American Air Force fighter pilots, the creme de la creme of what the United States can produce. We're not going to bend the knee to you. Go bleep yourself. Finally, we have an American company that's willing to do that. Unlike the NBA sports organizations and and institutions who refuse to do it, all they do is bend the knee. Finally, you got a movie company, you've got a film that refuses to do that. And not just refuses to bend the knee to our premier enemy in China, but also stands up for the United States. The American flags are everywhere. The American military is, is highlighted in a spectacular way. It's not being embarrassed about projecting American military power. On the contrary, this movie is proud to project American military power. The fighter jets on screen. I mean, I remember watching these kinds of movies in, in the 80s and the 90s and or even after 9-11 And I remember seeing it on the big screen, seeing our military equipment in these movies, like, you know, whizzing by stealth fighter jets and all this stuff. And I remember thinking, how can anyone in their right mind think that they can take on the United States and prevail? And now here we are, where all of America's enemies think that they can take us on and prevail. They all can. And you know what? They all are because of the incredibly weak leadership at the top and then the corrosive collapse of our culture and our economy and everything else over the last couple of years. Not under Trump, he was the exception, but under Obama and certainly under Biden, that's why all of America's enemies are having a feast. Whether it's China, Russia going to town, Iran marching toward a nuclear weapon, terrorist groups drooling at the opportunity to strike us and our interests. I mean, you name it, you look in any direction, America's enemies are on the march. You go to Top Gun Maverick, and for two hours while you're sitting in the dark watching this movie, and definitely go to the theater. Theaters are back. It was my first time back in a theater in like, oh my gosh, I want to say three years certainly during COVID, but then when I was Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, I had no time to go to the movies. So I want to say maybe three or four years since I've been in a theater. Fantastic experience. Go see it in IMAX if you can, uh, or in a regular theater, it doesn't matter. But get in the dark, get your popcorn, and sit there and take it all in. Because this film, the unabashed Americanism of it, we are so parched for that. We are so desperate for that. The woke crap coming out of Hollywood that they're shoving down our throats. We have had enough of that. And in fact, when you look at not just box office, but you look at streaming numbers and so on, all of their woke crap 
is failing. They might give each other awards at the Oscars or the Emmys. Oh, look at us. Oh, we we got an award for our latest virtue signaling crap. They might do that, but the audiences are not there. They're not there. They've gone away because they don't want it. They are rejecting it. But they are embracing Top Gun Maverick in record numbers. Why? Because of this. Back to a time when we had real presidential leadership, men were men, women were women, and there was this unabashed pride in America, and America struck back. I won't give away too much of the the, uh, plot because I want you to go and see it, but it sort of centers around a certain mission against an unnamed country that is developing nuclear weapons. Okay, so the mission is about striking at a certain target related to that. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, gee, this is probably Iran or North Korea, right? But they don't have to name it because the mission is the mission. And to have Tom Cruise in the center of this with the next generation of Top Guns, it is It's fantastic, and it has you standing on your feet, cheering for America. So this movie is both nostalgia and it's hope. It's the past and it's the future. So please, go see Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Go support this movie. Hollywood needs to hear from all of us with our money because that's the only thing that they care about. Bodies in the seats and cash. Go see this movie. Believe in America again. Like I said, you'll be on your feet cheering at the end. I had tears in my eyes. Go see it because when you walk out, you will believe in America again and you will come out and say, we will win. This internal war that we are fighting, in addition to our external enemies, we will win. I'm Monica Crowley. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to deal with the press. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, guys, welcome back. So I want to turn our attention here to uh, the press, and I've got a lot to get to, which I may not be able to do it during this show, and if I can't finish it all because it's this requires a deep dive, if I can't do it all this show, then we will carry it over into Wednesday's show because we've got Cash Patel and your emails coming up, not to be missed. All right, so there have been a spate of stories recently actually telling the truth about what a catastrophic position in which Joe Biden finds himself. Notice I didn't say a spate of stories detailing the catastrophe of the policies and the suffering of the American people. No, the press won't go there. 
But what they are starting to do is describe uh, what a dark place Joe Biden and the Democrats find themselves in, especially as we head into November. Record low poll numbers, they're forced to report that. Facing a looming wipeout in November, forced to report that. Skyrocketing inflation, a weakening economy, uh, record high gas prices. Every day is a new record high. Did you notice today, I think it's $4.76 average, a new record high every passing day. Surging crime, cities in collapse, wars abroad, national security threats are escalating everywhere. So crises are everywhere. And literally all of these crises are of Joe Biden's own making. Even the ones that are seemingly one step removed, like the Russia-Ukraine war, all are of his making because if he were a strong president like Trump or Reagan or Nixon, there is no way that Putin would have invaded because he would not have wanted to bring on a punishing American response. In fact, Putin only seems to invade his neighbors when there are weak American presidents in office. Duh. None of this is rocket scientists. None of this is rocket science. But it is completely predictable and would have been completely avoidable with Trump. Or with Joe Biden if he actually grew a spine and some cojones for the first time in his life. But you're never going to get that. So we are stuck with weak, pathetic, senile hack Joe Biden. So, of course, the wheels are coming off the the country and the world. Of course, we have an implosion based on his impotence, not incompetence, impotence. He is mentally incompetent, but his policies and execution are not. They are deliberate. This is exactly what they want. The implosion is a completely predictable result of his weakness and the Democrat communist plans to reset America as part of the great reset globally, but to reset America as culturally and economically Marxist and as a CCP-style surveillance state, period. So when you look at all of these crises in every direction and all of the suffering you're going through to feed your babies and buy groceries for your family and put gas in your tank, you know that this is what they actually want for you. They're not, they're not sitting in the White House uh, rubbing their hands together, losing sleep over your suffering, over the fact that you're being squeezed and you have less and less money to actually take care of your family and get to work. Just know that this is what they want for you. They want you to suffer. The cruelty is the point, of course, along with the actual destruction of our country. That's the point, too, in case you were wondering. So as all of these crises are blowing up around us, the propaganda press has finally realized that there is a political price to pay for the fundamental transformation of the nation. The political price is lost elections. And with lost elections, lost power and lost control. And it's like the press has just woken up to the fact that the vast majority of the American people are not down with their woke communist agenda. They just want lower prices and cheap gas. And since they have neither, they're really pissed. And they're more than ready to turn the Democrats out on their asses in November. They're ready to fire them all. Okay, maybe not them all, maybe not Maxine Waters, who deserves to be out, but she's in a safe district. So maybe not all of them, but many of them, maybe most of them. So it's like the press is just waking up to all of this. This, by the way, is is also related to what I was talking about in the first segment about the Top Gun Maverick movie. The American people want strong, steady leadership that is going to deliver a strong and healthy economy and relative peace for the United States and our interests. That's it. And they want to be able to lead their lives. That's what the Top Gun Maverick movie is is all about. It glorifies a period of time. It looks back at a period of time not so long ago when we had all of that. And right now, we have none of it. 
We don't have strong leadership. We have skyrocketing inflation, out of control gas, but people just want to be able to live their basic lives and be able to get their basic necessities without having a heart attack every time they go to the grocery store or the gas station. Basic stuff that the government is supposed to be delivering to you. Basic stuff. So, um, the press is now realizing that the American people ready to fire everybody. And so last week, the Cook political report had the GOP picking up 35 seats in the House. I actually think it's going to be more than that. I think it's going to be more like 50 or even higher. I could be wrong, but this year just feels to me like a monster. They used to call these kinds of elections change elections. I think this one is going to be more than just change. I think it's going to be an avalanche. Again, assuming they don't try anything illegal, like suspending the elections in the name of some manufactured crisis, or otherwise try to steal the elections. Assuming they're clean, this is going to be a landslide for Republicans. And the propaganda press is now just waking up to this. And so they're out here with with all kinds of pieces about how dire things are. Remember, every time you see one of these pieces by the propaganda press that actually tell the truth about how bad things are for Biden and the Democrat communists, they're genuinely worried about their party, of course. So the reason they're putting out these stories is not just to report the truth, No, they can't or won't do that. The real reason is to send up a flare to warn Democrats about their impending fate in order to try to get their attention to course correct. That's why. And if that coincides with the truth, then so be it. They are only in the business of helping their party and their movement. That's it. And that is exactly why you're seeing these stories now. The propaganda press is trying to red flag it for the Democrats. So expect more of this as we get closer to the midterms and as the Democrat communists keep sliding. The panic from the press will get even more intense and hysterical. We see this when the Democrats, every single time they're heading into the danger zone, like the Top Gun, like the Kenny Loggins song, Highway to the Danger Zone. When the press sees that the Democrat communists are on the highway to the danger zone, you start getting these red flag articles. But understand, they're not there just reporting. They're there sending up a flare. They're there waving danger, danger zone to the Democrats. That's what all of this is about. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk to Kash Patel about the Russia hoax and where we are and all of that. Um, I have a lot I want to get to on a particular piece of propaganda um, that came out recently from a mainstream outlet. We're going to cover this on Wednesday. So you're not going to want to miss Wednesday's show because I'm going to do this in a way that nobody else is doing. Okay. All right. When we come back, the great Kash Patel, hang tight. Well, I am now thrilled to welcome my friend, Cash Patel. Cash was a former top aide to Chairman Devin Nunes and the House Intelligence Committee. He was the primary author of the Nunes Memo, which blew wide open the the FBI's role in framing Donald Trump. He also served as Chief of Staff to the Acting Secretary of Defense in the Trump administration, and he's got a brand new children's book out, about the deep state's attempt to destroy Donald Trump called The Plot Against the King, which we will get to uh, shortly here in our interview. He joins me now. Hi, Cash. Hey, Monica. Thanks so much for having me on your show and congratulations uh, on the podcast. It's doing amazing. Oh, well, thank you very much. Well, I really appreciate the nice words, Cash, and it's great to have you here. And congratulations on your new kid's book. Again, it's called The Plot Against the King, and we're going to get to it in a moment. But I saw that President Trump uh, gave you a big shout out with the book and a picture of two of you together when it first came out about a week ago. 
Yeah, he's been fantastic, as you know him so well, Monica, as I do. He's just a great supporter of, of the team, and you know, all for getting out the truth. So why not do it for the t- why not do it for the kids? <laughs> well, it's it's fantastic, and I love what you're doing with a children's book about this, about what happened to him, and and the deep state monsters that did it to him. And we're going to get to that right now before we get into the book. Um, so we do have this verdict in the Michael mm-hmm. Sussman case: not guilty. Uh, Cash, you know, given your role in blowing open the deep state's crimes against President Trump, what's your reaction? Yeah, no, look, obviously, we thought that the information presented by John Durham, the facts met the law, met the burden of proof for a conviction and warranted only a conviction. And as my time as a former federal prosecutor and a public defender, having been trying cases on both sides of the aisle, which is a rarity, you know, you, you examine cases from two different perspectives, not just one. And in this case, John Durham was able to try a case that he had essentially the, the videotape of the bank robbery. He had the transcript from my deposition of Michael Sussman under oath from four years ago, where he came into Congress and swore that he went to the FBI with the Alpha Bank information on behalf of a client, Hillary Clinton. John Durham was able to show those pages to the jury. They didn't need a witness to testify to what they remembered. They had the defendant's own words. On top of that, you have the money trail that was highlighted in the presentation of the case, which showed that Michael Sussman billed the entire Alpha Bank narrative to the Hillary Clinton campaign, including the thumb drives loaded with the Alpha Bank info or fake info to the FBI. So it's some pretty damning information. And for some probably politically motivated reason, the judge issued some evidentiary rulings that were, I think, totally incorrect, including Michael Sussman's own text message to the FBI the night before the meeting, which in which Michael Sussman said to the FBI general counsel, I am not coming to you on behalf of a client. I'm coming to you on behalf as a good Samaritan. That is the lie right there in black and white and mm-hmm. two in the defendant's own words. So I think information like that was, um, you know, very good for the public to have because it wasn't put out yet and it forced the media to cover it. But uh, in terms of the jury, this is what we call jury nullification. Look, you try a case in DC, we have three Clinton donors on the jury, one AOC donor and one person on the jury whose daughter swam with Sussman's kid at school. Um, this is why America hates the swamp. And this is why, uh, people don't like trying cases in D.C., but I think, you know, look, as a federal prosecutor, yeah, you lose some cases. And as a former public defender, when you don't have the facts and the law on your side, you you put the cops on trial, which is what, ironically, the defense was in the Sussman case. They, from Clinton world, were the ones now saying the FBI was lying. And uh, no surprise, the D.C. jury bought it. But so much other good information came out, and it's just one one small step, even though the fake news media is sort of parading this around as the victory of all victories. But I think that will be drowned out in the near future. Yeah, you know, you raise a good point, And it's a point that I've been making on this show as well, uh, Cash, which is that even though we did not secure a conviction here, which obviously we should have, but Durham is going about this in a very methodical way. And every time you get a case that comes up related to this investigation, you get a public airing of the evidence. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and more and more of the secrets of Mrs. Clinton and her campaign <laughs> in terms of creating and spreading this disgusting lie against uh, President Trump that really destroyed uh, his presidency or at least undermined it and really tore apart the country and divided mm-hmm. us even more that all of that information is finally part now of the public record is finally being exposed. Yeah, I think you're I think that could not be there's there's more value in that than what people are realizing it, yes. the fact that you brought it in dc forced the international and the mainstream media to cover it i mean literally i'd never seen so much coverage about a criminal case um since you know going back years to maybe even the likes of oj and whatnot because of its sensationalized um narrative that the media had been carrying for so years, they were afraid that this was going to take out the lies they'd been putting out. In a large part, it did. And I think one of the most interesting pieces of information, one that I didn't even know, was when Robbie Mook came out, or I didn't expect, was when Robbie Mook testified for the defense in the trial under oath and said that Hillary Clinton knew about the Alpha Bank narrative, authorized it, and sent her team to spend millions of campaign dollars in uh, launching it and leaking it to the media and taking it to the FBI. We have always said we proved, and you know, when I ran the Russiagate investigation, 
with Chairman Nunes that the Hillary clamp was in on it. It's in the Nunes memo. We showed the money. We showed the trail right to Sussman's law firm. But now you have Clinton's own campaign manager um, firing that silver bullet. I think that one is the one that will land hardest and, and loudest in the media. And I think getting that sort of information out there is going to help. You know, people are like, oh, well, you know, John Durham's over. And I was like, well, if every prosecutor that uh, ever tried a case lost one and then his career was over, then there'd be no prosecutors left in the country. Yeah, that's exactly right. We're talking to Cash Patel, formerly of the House Intelligence Committee, helped to blow wide open the Russia hoax back in 2017 and got smeared for it. Um, Cash, you know, having been hip deep in this for so long, was there anything you saw in this trial that surprised you? There was so much. And I even went and attended the trial in live, live time because I was just uh, blown away by, I, as the chief investigator, just to give it a little perspective for Russiagate, you know, we issued 17 congressional subpoenas. We demanded from Chris Ray and Rod Rosenstein and the FBI and DOJ provide us with your documents that show that not only did you guys uh, participate in this corrupt uh, surveillance program of Donald Trump, then that it was unlawful because I had worked at the FISA courts and they only provided us with partial information. And now John Durham has validated that. We proved the FBI lied. And some of the most stunning testimony was from the FBI's own agent. This agent, Heidi, who was the lead case agent in the Hillary Clinton email investigation was also the lead agent in the uh, Alpha Bank server investigation. And on the stand during the Sussman case, the case agent not only admitted that the FBI had basically obtained this information fraudulently, but that he lied about it to federal investigators. An FBI agent leading the most sensitive case in America has is caught lying just like his boss, Andy McCabe, who was caught lying to federal investigators and got fired for it, has now admitted he is still currently under investigation. And not just him, but the likes of the tech exec Jaffe who ginned up this entire Alpha Bank narrative with fake info, Michael uh, John Durham put plainly in court that that man is still a target of investigation, as are a number of other individuals. So I think that's what the mainstream media on the left is hoping to drown out. But, uh, you know, a guy like John Durham is just not somebody who's just going to cower to the whims of the media. He's been doing it for 20 plus years. He did the CIA rendition program prosecutions. Um, he, he He's a guy that has a larger plan. Um, he safe. is. He is. You're absolutely right. And he is a serious guy and he takes the rule of law very seriously, Cash. But he's also operating in a context of deep corruption, mm -hmm. uh, not just with the FBI and the DOJ, but but within the judicial system, jury nullification, the judge with all of these incestuous relationships and the rest of it. He's not operating in a pure vacuum. Right. He's operating, mm -hmm. being surrounded by all of this corruption. So what do you think? This particular verdict, and I know there's another trial coming up, uh, Dushenko, I believe, in the mm -hmm. fall in Virginia, so we might have a better shot at a conviction there. But what, is, what do you think all of this means for the Durham investigation writ large? Because there well, is some, there's some conversation out there that Biden and Garland would love to shut down Durham. Will this give them a reason? Will there be po more political pressure here? So the one thing is, you know, from my time at DOJ, you know, I know as a prosecutor, your cases can't be shut down, not by the president, not by the attorney general. Once they've started, John Durham has had an investigation going for multiple years. He secured multiple indictments, three indictments, and he's told the courts in the world that he has more coming. So it is unlawful for a judge or anyone to shut down his investigation. So it's the one thing I actually don't worry about. And I think, you know, from John Durham's, you know, work over the last 30 years, he, he he's no dummy. He knew bringing a case in D.C. about political corruption that made the Democrats and liberals look bad. He probably knew he was going to lose that case almost no matter what he did, even if he showed the, the jury the tape of the bank robbery, which he did. And I think he used it methodically, as we said, to get information out. It was his opportunity to tell the world about the investigation, not just of Sussman, but Clinton World Fusion GPS, the FBI's liars, the tech executives, and so many other corrupt actors that look at, look at all the coverage this trial, which resulted in acquittal, has gotten. I've never seen anything quite like this. And he now has public pleadings that are out there for the world to see and digest. And I encourage your, your viewers and your audience to go look at all of those. You know, they're up for free at DurhamWatch.com. And all the transcripts from my time at House Intel, the 60-some people we interrogated, including Jake Sullivan, the current National Security Advisor, who I think should be prosecuted for lying to Congress. Everything's up on DurhamWatch.com because I don't want people believing what I say. I want them believing what they read. 
And that's, that's what we've been trying to do all these years. Yes. Yes. And, and you've done incredible work. You know, it seems to me, Cash, that the corrupt actors in the FBI could be next in Durham's mm-hmm. crosshairs, starting with Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, the corrupt mm-hmm. FBI lovers who spoke against, <laughs> you know, President Trump. Yeah. You know, they talked about the plot against Trump as, quote, the insurance policy. But yep. that is if one or, or both are, co- you know, maybe cooperating. Are you mm-hmm. hearing anything about that? Any of these uh, corrupt folks cooperating with Durham? Well, you know, I, you know, obviously I don't speak to John Durham or anyone on his team, um, but I can tell you from my years as a prosecutor and public defender, how you build a conspiracy case or a joint venture conspiracy case, as John Durham has labeled it, is unique cooperators. And the folks in positions like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, who we know um, failed their oaths of office and committed crimes, were probably the first ones running to John Durham to say, we'll help you, just don't put us in prison. I mean, that's, you know, that's how prosecutions work. And I think likely those two are cooperating because the bigger target here is always going to be Andy McCabe, the former deputy director who signed the FISA warrant against a sitting president unlawfully and lied to the FBI and federal investigators during his tenure for which he was fired. And I think he quarterbacked this entire thing in his office with this quote unquote insurance policy that we've so talked about. And I don't think... um, Strzok wants to go to prison over it, but there's also Bill Priestap, you know, who was involved in the mix and so many other FBI agents. Like we talked about this Heidi guy. I do think between now and the fall in the Danchenko case, who is Steele's source before that trial goes, I think you'll see about two more indictments um, this summer from John Durham uh, about uh, defendants who will be going to be in the FBI. Mm. So do you, so Durham, then the way you're laying it out, and I guess the, the apparent way Durham is laying it out is that he's going about this in a very methodical way, starting with mm-hmm. the lower level conspirators and then mm-hmm. building the case and working his way up. You mentioned Andy McCabe. What about James Comey? Yeah, look, I, you know, I'm trying to, I always try to remind people it's, you know, we have to have a conversation that exists based on law and fact. And as, as we, as you and I, and your audience knows, Comey and Clinton were in on this from the beginning. The problem is they're, they're evil enough and smart enough to shield themselves from any culpability, which is what Hillary Clinton has successfully done up until this point when she was, you know, basically thrown under the bus by the truth by her campaign manager. Now, if an Andy McCabe is indicted, then maybe he turns against a James Comey. But other than that, I think those the, the, the accountability for them will, will occur in the Durham report where they will be excoriated for their awful corrupt conduct. But I don't know that they'll be indicted if, you know, if I'm being completely honest. It's going to be a tough, tough uh, burden of proof to meet because they, they just won't have allowed the evidence to, to have been created. They'll cover their tracks. The, the swamp always knows what they're doing. These deep yeah. state monsters are really good at uh, committing these crimes and then making sure that there's no accountability for themselves. But they do all deserve to be in federal prison for the rest of their miserable <laughs> yeah. lives. And, uh, you know, I can say that yeah. uh, maybe you can't, but I certainly can. But, uh, y- you know, we've got a two tier justice system in this country now. So those mm-hmm. at the top like, you know, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, John Brennan, James Clapper, James Comey, uh, all of them uh, yep. were in on this. They all created this. They prosecuted this uh, hoax against President Trump for a whole variety of reasons. And the idea that none of them are going to be held accountable is is incredibly frustrating and outrageous to a lot of people, Cash. It is. No, you look, as a guy who was a public defender and a prosecutor who understands due process from both sides of the aisle, um, what you want is a fair trial jury system that applies to everyone equally, not selectively. And this case highlights the fact that we in the United States of America, near three centuries after our founding, are still fighting corruption when we should be the leaders of that. And that's why the world has turned away from us. They, you know, they, they're not taking any pointers from us anymore on the national security front because they're like, look at your own internal problems. You have the ultimate politicization of law enforcement and intel in your own country in the 21st century. And they're right, unfortunately. And it hurts our national security. It hurts our judicial system. And it hurts their credit, everybody's belief in our system. So it makes it hard for us to lead. Now the Democrats and liberals will cheer this because it's temporarily good for them. But in the long run, it's, it's just terrible for our country. And if anyone cares about, you know, the, our security and you know, national security front or law enforcement front, they, you know, pay attention to the facts. But, um, you know, we're gonna have to keep punching at the, the fake news media um, some more. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. And that's what I do on this show every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Be, be it's great. I know. That. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. And and if we get President Trump back in office again, or if he doesn't run like a Governor DeSantis as president, you and I will be on the front lines once again, <laughs> really draining the swamp and going after these monsters, Cash. Um, all right. So let's turn to a related but happier subject, which is your new children's <laughs> book. It's called The Plot Against the King. And we're talking to Cash Patel, who has just written this. Why, why did you want to tell the story of the Russia hoax as a children's story? You know, thanks for letting me talk about the plot against the king and everyone can go see it at theplotagainsttheking.com and get a copy. But basically we thought, you know, Monica, after all this time we spent exposing the corruption and where people said it could not exist and proving it with their own documentation words, why should adults only be entitled to that truth? If, this had, if, the, if the roles were reversed, the Democrats would have produced films and cartoons and books to educate the children on the truth, which rightfully you should do. So we thought... You know, see, you know, our schools and our children and our youth and our temples and our synagogues and churches should be full of material where it's not political. There's no Democrat or Republican in this book. There's no liberal conservative. It's it's we said it in medieval times with wonderful illustrations with knights and dukes um, on a quest for truth um, against a corrupt system. And the kids are loving it because it's a fun way to tell them the importance of the truth and that it's worth fighting for. And that, yes, this Russiagate thing happened back in the day, but you can just use it as sort of a backdrop, almost an allegory as to tell, your, as to tell our kids, when you're the future leaders of this country, this is what happened in the past and this can never happen again. So we thought we'd have some fun with it. And we, it looks like we hit the mark. The plot against the king went number one and Google and Amazon shut us down. No surprise. And they shut down actually Brave Books, the entire children's uh, publishing company that produced this wonderful book. They shut them down uh, because it was so effective and it was it was the number one book. So I think that just shows you that we hit the mark. And I'm so appreciative that um, you let me talk about the plot against the king. I hope everybody goes on there and puts a copy in every school across America. That's our goal with the plot against the king dot com. It's number one for a reason, because we put the truth out and because you are courageous enough to let us talk about it some more. We're going to keep going. And I think everybody's going to love this story. So, I Oh, really absolutely. It. And and it's a beautiful little book as well. Like your kids are absolutely going to love it. But yeah. what I love about why you did this, Akash, you know, we're, we're talking so much about all of the woke indoctrination coming mm -hmm. at our kids in all of our schools. And we're trying to desperately to fight against it in so many different ways. But you've got to fight the left at their level. You've got to meet mm -hmm. them on their turf. And they've been pumping out children's books on all kinds of, of things to indoctrinate them for decades. And, you know, you're, you're putting a real dent in it with this book. And we, again, we've got to fight them at the cultural level because culture runs first. It mm -hmm. runs way ahead of politics and economics and everything else. So you have really driven a stake in the ground with this children's book, The Plot Against the King. And I commend you so much for doing it, Cash. Thanks so much, Monica. I really appreciate it. And the plot against the king has done so well there. Now there's already talks of a sequel. So we're going to have some fun with this and we're going to continue to educate our children on children's reading time and not CRT. So hopefully everybody goes and picks up a few copies at the plot. Against the Absolutely. And, and guys, you know, we always talk about supporting this kind of thing. Here's a concrete way you can do it. Um, go, where can they go? If the other, if is it still up on Amazon or have they shut you down? Too? It, they, they're trying to shut us down, but they can't because you know, they're making too much money, but it's, you should just go from us, the plot against the king.com. You can buy it directly from us, cutting out all of big tech and the, and the, and the fake oligarchy. Great. Just go to the plot against the king.com. The plot against the king.com. Listen, put your money where your mouth is and in fighting on the <laughs> cultural level and pick up Cash Patel's brand new book, The Plot Against the King.com. Even if you don't have any kids in your life, buy it for yourself. Okay. And the, ne <laughs> the next thing you have to do, Cash, is create an animated version of this. We want like a We're lovely cartoon. Great idea. You are. Great idea. We're going to do it. That's a fantastic idea. I love it. Uh, so absolutely. We're, we're well, Congratulations. It's wonderful and necessary given all the lies and indoctrination coming at our kids constantly. Well done. Go get the book. The book is called The Plot Against the King. The website is theplotagainsttheking.com. Make sure you get it for all of the kids and the liberals in your life so that they'll know the truth. Cash Patel, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Monica. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right. I'm Monica Crowley. Welcome back. Time to now dip into the email bag and keep those emails coming. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. 
Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what's on your mind. All right. Amy in Ohio writes about, this was back when we were talking about the Will Smith slap of Chris Rock. And uh, we did talk about it, but we talked about it in a, a larger uh, cultural sense and what it represents. And so Amy in Ohio writes, I enjoyed your discussion of the Oscars assault as a display of cultural rot. However, it was more than that. It exemplifies the liberals' belief that they have the right to initiate violence when they feel offended. They feel justified in attacking their enemies physically, socially, legally, economically, and culturally. And there are plenty of examples that demonstrate this, i.e. Antifa, BLM, riots, and the persecution of Trump and his supporters. They believe that they are morally superior. The nightmare we've been dealing with in the past six years is more than cancel culture. It's a movement to destroy Western culture and conservative values. We're in an abusive relationship with the fascist class, and we need to find a way to shut them down. I feel like I'm living inside Mad Magazine. Well, you and me both, Amy, uh, thank you so much for this very thoughtful email. You are exactly on point. They do believe in their superiority on everything. And they look at us as rubes. Remember when Hillary called us uh, the deplorables and Obama referred to us as clinging to our guns and our religion? They really do look at us as inferiors who deserve to be manipulated and controlled. So they do it. And they get away with it because there hasn't been much pushback from our side until recently. Really with Donald Trump, right? Trump gave a lot of people a lot of courage. He really gave rise to the new right, which is what we are now, unafraid to fight back. But it's going to require a lot from all of us, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. So Amy, your point about their mission to destroy Western civilization is completely correct. Just look at what a recent, um, a recent attack against the Mona Lisa, right? This environmental nut job in Paris tossing some kind of cream toward the Mona Lisa to try to ruin this priceless piece of art, this priceless symbol of Western civilization. That's their goal, to destroy Western civilization. So this is what we're up against. It's pure evil. So strap in and let's go. Kim writes, I was shocked at how brave you are. You tell it like it is. I love your podcasts. Well, thank you so much, Kim. I, uh, well, thank you so much, Kim. I really appreciate the supportive words. And as for being brave, we are now the new right. This is what I'm talking about. We are strong and fearless and unafraid to fight back. We're not the wimps of yesteryear. We are warriors now. Top Gun Maverick, right? <laughs> Thank you so much, Kim. And thanks to all of you for being here for every show. I appreciate you guys. Keep those emails coming because I might read yours on the air. Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, remember on Wednesday, we're going to break apart the propaganda press in a very specific way that you will not get anywhere else. That's coming up on Wednesday. And we will speak to J.R. Majewski, who just got the big Trump endorsement is running for a House seat, and he is unbelievable. Speaking of the U.S. military, he is a rising superstar, and he will be here on Wednesday. Okay, go make it a fantastic start to the week, and I'll see you right back here on Wednesday.